0: some point I realized that I'm just giving too much for them and I'm not giving anything to myself and the fact that my happiness is not my number one priority is something that was dragging me into depression for a very long time Mm. so I started pulling myself out and as you know when you do that after you've given so much for somebody they don't accept it easily Mm -hmm. and so they fight it back with criticism I mean I was called selfish and heartless and cold and all I was doing is just taking care of myself. And at some point, I dwelled into that trap. You know, I actually thought that I was selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it took me, it, it, I was really depressed at some point. Uh, I actually tried a couple of times to end it. Like, I'll be very honest with you. Um, but, I mean, uh, looking back at it, yeah, it does hurt. Uh, and i'm still i'm still a work in progress in this because mm. it does affect me until now because i still hear it that's the thing is that no matter what you've done and no matter what you're trying to achieve in this world you keep on hearing it yeah so um
1: welcome to own the future a podcast made for and by change makers where we gain the courage to own our story the freedom to own our craft and the power to own the future. I am your host, Lucas Scrobot, and today we are with Zainab Asawalhi. And today's episode, you know, I, when I asked Zainab to be on the show, it was because I saw some of her content about Ticket for Happiness um, and how she was giving back to the community in a selfless way. I saw in her content and the things that she talked about her desire to have purpose in her life to make an impact, to leave the world a better place as uh, without attracting attention to herself. It wasn't it never came off as it's some ego kind of centric act or play for attention. And um so that's why I asked her to be on their show and And today's episode, the things that we talk about, ah uh, was surprising to me. it was this is probably one of the the most heartfelt episodes that we've ever had here on Own the Future and it it's real it's raw tears and all I I hope that you would take some time and really sit back and listen and then reflect back on your life in the areas that you might need to make some adjustments just like Zainab had to make really hard and difficult decisions so enjoy this episode with Zainab I've yep. seen.
0: I've seen that you've done um, another one with uh, BD. Orbed, Orbeid, Orbeid Abed. Abdur. Yeah. Yes. Such a great. That was guy. one of my
1: first episodes, and uh, from that episode, he, you know, got me connected with uh, Muhammad Kavum. You know, Muhammad.
0: Kazim, the Tamashi.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. He is. I don't Brilliant. know if you know him I, beyond yeah. just Tamashi. But such uh,
0: a great. Uh, he he, ha- he loves. He has some, so much love to culture, which is something that's amazing.
1: And what I love about what he's, he's done is it's his love for culture that has enabled him or has caused him really to go back and look at his roots. Yeah. And how do you repurpose that for a new generation that... Grew up not speaking Arabic. <laughs> for law,
0: uh, yeah. No, I'm trying. That's why I chose to work at the ministry, because I'm bound to speak in Arabic and write emails in Arabic, so I'm getting better. Oh. See?
1: That is a great strategy. Exactly. So, so tell me, so growing up, since we're on this...
0: Subject. ...subject,
1: <laughs> um, growing up, your parents spoke English in the home.
0: No, actually, they spoke Arabic, but they somehow wanted us to to strengthen our English, mm. and so they made sure that we speak English at the house and uh, read English books because they really wanted our English to get better. Yeah, But they, they, they spoke Arabic with us.
1: So when, when did your Arabic, so you'd say you have your spoken Arabic is like, fine. It's more your, your Fusa.
0: Well, yeah, well that, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I can't express myself in Arabic.
1: You can't, like your deep emotions.
0: Uh, deep emotion. Yeah, you should see me when I'm trying to express. It's like a salad. Like I'm, I'm not able to 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 say one proper word. I just don't know how to express myself in Arabic.
1: So with all your girlfriends, all your WhatsApp, all English. your Instagram, it's hundred percent English. Hundred
0: percent. If I if I need to write something in Arabic, it's usually my mom or my husband that that help me.
1: That is, that is so crazy to me.
0: It's so. I know it's bad because. Oh, I don't think it's.
1: I don't think it's. I think it's the reality of the world. That we live in, especially here in the khlij.
0: I feel like because it's really difficult in schools. Arabic is such a difficult and heavy subject. Yeah. So a lot of kids, while well, growing up and going to school, they prefer English because it's so much easier and lighter. Mm. And everyone now is communicating in English. Yeah. Anywhere you go around the world, English is an universal language. Yes. And I find my comfort while speaking in English.
1: Do you feel when you go outside of Dubai, I don't know how often you go outside of... Yeah. Dubai, do you feel like it's just maybe, you know, Dubai or Abu Dhabi that is more English speaking, but when you get out, it's like, oh, no. I'm kind of a fish out of water? So far, no. No.
0: The places that I've been to, um, they require English. They require me to speak in English. Okay. So, and, e- it, and even if when, when we even travel, even like if you go to
1: Saudi or something.
0: It, yeah. I, I can't, I, oh my God, in Saudi, in Mecca, I can't even go and order something from Starbucks in Arabic. I just can't.
1: And that kind of makes sense because, I mean, they have there are many, certain, 3 million yeah, people there come cert- a year.
0: Yeah, exactly. But there, there are certain words that you cannot say them in Arabic. You, you, you have to say them in English. What, like, what are some I don't examples? Know, like, um, development or um, learning. What am I going to say? Learning. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> uh, development. I honestly don't even know what it is in Arabic. Development.
1: No. That's like advancement. I don't know. It's Qadam Nefsik. It's Qadam nafsiq.
0: Um see it takes me time yeah i i i need to put it together in a sentence and then be able to cut to say it in air, air but bit. i mean
1: that's not just i mean that's not just you i think in the, we're in the midst of right this global globalism where yeah. because of media because of holly, because of technology in the west kind of expanding everywhere it's it's connecting everyone together with a a common language and a common culture
0: of course yeah but it's also part of the school um Private schools are teaching everything in English, and Arabic is what, once or twice a week? Mm. Depending if you're actually heading to a school that teaches Arabic. Some mm. schools don't. And okay, fine, you've got Arabic, you've got Islamic, you've got social studies, which are all in Arabic. Um, but they're not that much. And you somehow, I mean, I when I was young, I'm like, where am I going to use لغة العربية Fasha? Mm. Honestly, where are you going to use yeah. it? Other than yeah. emails, official emails, yeah. <gasps> right? Um, okay, and reading some Arabic books or Quran, for example, that uh-huh. would be very helpful. But other than that, you just find yourself not really connecting with that language and connecting more with English because you're actually using it on a daily basis.
1: So when I learned Arabic, I found that the language opened me to a different way of thinking because it's okay. a different way of processing thoughts, right? True. You're using different words, yeah. different grammar structures. Of course. Like You can start a sentence with a verb. So it, in some ways, it... it gives you new tool sets to think in different ways. And when I try to communicate something in Arabic, I oftentimes can't take my English idea and communicate it in Arabic. I have to like re-come up with that idea True. on when my Arabic mind is turned on. Exactly. Um, and with that, I f- I found that Arabic opened the door up to understand Arab culture a little better. Now, my Arabic isn't mil but but bet
0: it's better than me, <laughs> uh, maybe,
1: but but for sure it, it's helped me understand the way that the region thinks, why they do certain things, and some of even the the nuances within the culture. From you not having that kind of as hardwired into you as as your mother tongue, as your first language, yeah. the the language that your heart is able to express itself in. Not just for you, but even for, I don't know if you can speak for your entire generation or for all the girls and all the guys that is in your subgroup, in your subculture. Do you feel like in some ways there has been this loss of cultural identity and grasping for a new cultural identity?
0: Uh, well, I am i don't know if I can speak on like behalf of family or friends or you know the community i find it so kind of okay so there are a lot of trends going on and we're all trying to like find ourselves in a way and Mm -hmm. trying to fit in Mm -hmm. so maybe yes we have lost a sort of um identity uh however like i come from different three different countries so i'm emirati i'm palestinian and tunisian Wow! right and i never felt like i I can really express myself as one of those or three of like three of them, because I dress differently, I speak different accents, mm. um uh I've got different cultures, so I never really f- thought like I have an identity of my own because I didn't know where I belonged, yeah, um but the beauty about it is that you can be all three. That's the beauty about it. You can be all three of them and celebrate them in any way possible. I mean, my wedding had. Emirati to Tunisian to Palestinian songs and like performances. Uh, my husband is Emirati, uh, Amy, so they speak Amy at the house. Um, we had a lot of Amy songs and traditional oh. uh, performances as well that were that was part of the wedding. So I feel like, yes, maybe we lose ourselves, but at the some at some point, culture is beautiful from whichever culture you come from. As yeah. long as you keep your you, you somehow keep your identity.
1: So how do you how do you you just said two i mean really big words culture and identity yeah. and you're saying okay your culture is this melting pot but as long as you keep your identity as how in, do you differentiate those two who you
0: are as a person your personality your characteristics mm. your beliefs isn't, isn't
1: that made up in part of your cultural identity it,
0: it is somehow and it could not necessarily be i mean Yes, it could be part of your culture, but it also could be the environment that you lived in mm-hmm. or um, because of the hardships or the obstacles that went through your life that you have uh, chosen to be something or to follow some sort of uh, a path, whether that's your culture or not. But you just formed your own identity and that's because of all, you know, your, your, your life basically yeah. that made you who you are today.
1: Yeah. So backtracking a little bit. Yeah. So you, you come from... You're Tunisian, you're Palestinian, you're Emirati. Emirati, And you, which, I don't know if you've heard of the term third-cultured kid.
0: No. Have you heard of that? Dukan
1: show. Are you familiar with the Dukan show? No. Oh, they talk about it a lot, which is this, it's your, you're from two different places or you're you're from multiple different backgrounds with a different culture kind of put in you. So you look maybe Emirati, but inside of you, you have a different culture. And so it seems like they're with the, especially the the Western culture coming in, in the midst of this melding pot of yeah. nationality and race, that it kind of births a new sort of subculture of people who are globally connected.
0: True. I, I have no problem with that as long as you respect and you accept both sides of cultures.
1: Yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit more?
0: So, for example, I'm not like... Um, I'm Emirati and Palestinian, um, and I'm celebrating both. It's because I accept, I accept the fact that I come from two different cultures. Let's say yeah. Emirati and Palestinian, and I respect both of them. So I'm not going to only. Um, actually, I'll give you a better example. Like my husband and I, yeah, right. So we come from different cultures. Regardless, even if I'm Emirati, mm-hmm. his Emirati culture is so much different than mine. Right. So when, what?
1: What are some of the things you do differently?
0: Uh, well, first of all, a they story. speak... <laughs> Give me a story. Well, first of all, they speak uh, Aimi at the house. Uh-huh. I, I don't. We speak Arabic, yeah, right? Um, and uh, at some point, we had a discussion, my husband and I, that when we get our kids, uh, are you going to... Is it okay for you if they speak Aimi? And I'm like, of course. I mean, that's something from your side. I will yeah. not have any sort of objection. And this is me accepting and respecting mm-hmm. that side of your culture. Yeah. In return, you need to accept and respect that my kids might end up speaking Palestinian, might end up speaking Tunisian. Uh, I might want them to go to to Tunisia and visit them, visit their families over there and and so on. So this is, we're sharing cultures, but we really need to understand that, you know what, there are so many people from different nationalities and uh, cultures and religions. We just need to respect and accept them for who they are. Rather than... telling them change yeah you know
1: like instead of putting expectations, expectations on them
0: and change and asking to them be to something change they can't be. exactly i mean celebrating different cultures is beautiful
1: yeah i mean as much as you know i i grew up moving around a lot and so i've had to go through that struggle of wrestling like what is my yeah. identity and i think you know when you know, first probably moving here, and even still, there's still part of me that's like, well, I I want to be more Arab, right? I want to be Arab.
0: Really? Well, in, yeah. s- in
1: some ways, because I'm like I'm living here, right? Yeah. And especially when you're growing up with this moving around a lot, lots of different you're cultures, find- you're, you're st- still searching for what's your cultural identity. Yeah. But I have to come. I had a conversation with um a friend of mine this week, and he said something really profound. He's like, well, you're never going to be Arab. And we weren't even talking about it. He's just kind of saying in general, like, you're never going to be Arab. I'm like, you're right. I need to like let that let because I had these expectations on myself of how can I how can I do business here? How can I like grow here? How can I build relationships here? Okay, I need to be more like the people that I'm around rather than both celebrating the aspects of who I am and the aspects Mm. of who they are with in that, even what you're saying is like, you can't place those, you can't expect someone to be something that they're not.
0: They're not. Exactly. It's, 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 it's part of their right. It's part of their identity. Mm. And you can't just ask, ask them within a, a night and like without a, without a day and night, just please change yourself. I, I don't accept your culture. It's part of who they are at some point. I, I mean, I can go, my husband, I'm like, uh, sorry, stop speaking. Amy, I don't like it. I just can't. Yeah, it's he's been doing it for the past twenty seven years. Who am I to come out of nowhere and just tell him change?
1: It's It's his heart language. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you see a lot of people throwing those expectations on people?
0: Yes, we have a lot of sorts of expectations, especially when it comes to marriage between you know partners. Yeah. I mean, you you love them for who they are, accept them for who they are. Don't don't ask for a sort of changes that you know will be a burden on that person
1: so how how do you see the difference between and you know the language that i i use is you know there's your true self yeah and then there's your original design and so i think people and this is one of my like kind of greatest pet peeves is when people like you need to be true to yourself i'm like you don't want me to be true to myself like Wait, you're saying, like, I should just stop the fight of development to grow into the person that was created and born to be to to something great. And I should just allow myself to be grumpy and angry and true to myself. I should just allow myself to be selfish. I should just do whatever I want. And so how do you see the difference in in your marriage or in the relationship with your friends or even as you, you know, raise kids? How do you see how do you see that tension between, I'm going to accept you and love you for who you are with your quirks, and I'm going to call you higher because I see something greater in you?
0: Towards my family?
1: Whether it's your, your husband, because you're talking specifically in your marriage of like, okay, I'm going to accept you for who you are. Is Do you feel, and maybe you don't feel, but do you feel there's a tension between Okay, I'm gonna accept and love you for who you are, even if you don't change. But you were born for something greater. You were yeah. born for something. Oh my higher. god,
0: that's like my entire, you know, um, struggle with my husband. I tell my husband, I'm also your life coach. <laughs> How does <laughs> he like just, that? <laughs> he doesn't like it. Um, uh, there, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Um, for example, my husband. Um, has so much potential than he thinks he he does mm. and he he he's been put on earth for something so much greater and he's unable to see that he's unable to see the potential that he has the talent that he mm-hmm. has the fact that he's able to make people laugh just by having a conversation yeah right so it has been such a struggle for me to keep on like pushing him and uh, sh- allowing him to see that so yes i did accept him for who he is but i'm but just like everybody else we're all we're all a work in progress yeah and so On a daily basis, we're working together in changing a sort of perspective that he has on himself. Yeah. Um, But I did accept him, which is why we're working towards it. Right. Yeah. Um, And it's just a work in progress.
1: And so with that, I I really like how you articulated that even with, with your husband. And you, I know in your story, as you have grown... And fought to pursue the things that you're pursuing. Yeah, you've actually had people kind of on the other side of saying, "Actually, Zainab, you don't have the potential. Actually, Zainab, you're yeah. you're going to be hidden underneath trash. Like you're never going to overcome. You're not going to be. You're too different. You that's not
0: wow. That's deep, man. <laughs> and this, this is what
1: you said. <laughs> yeah. This is what that's, I, I wrote it red. Yeah, in your post, and I see yeah. you you tearing up. Yeah, right it now it It's painful.
0: Yeah,
1: how? How did you deal with that? What were some um, of the, the conversations that you had?
0: Well, it was, uh, it was when I just started recently in my university. And uh, I was pursuing something different that, than the expectation. You know, like every family is expecting their children to be either engineers, doctors, mm. architecture, and so on. And I pursued um, interior design, which is like the creative side that does not apparently need much work mm. uh, regardless of everything that people have said have said have said about me uh it, it did hurt a lot and at some point i was trying to prove a point when i was in university and uh, i was really 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 working hard on that uh, major and i loved it i had so much passion i mean the moment i entered your house i'm like wow I really like the decor of the house.
1: Also, my wife.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and I'm actually very blessed that I went through it because mm. it made me who I am today. Uh, and uh, but it didn't. It wasn't taken so well with my family and uh, my other sisters. Uh, two. One of them is an engineer. The other one is a dentist, and the third one is a geologist. Mm. So that's something in comparison to what I've chosen to go right. for. Right, they're
1: very much in the sciences, and you kind of chose something uh, yeah, more art.
0: Yeah, more art, which is like, what will that do for you in the future? Like, you're not going to reach anywhere in your life. Mm. Uh, and I took that as a challenge. I actually did, and I just pursued it and kept on proving the opposite.
1: So did you say, when, like, in that conversation, yeah. is it like... Stuff they literally said to your face, like you're never yeah. gonna, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just gonna be hidden underneath a trash yeah. can your whole yeah, life. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a phrase that up until now, um, I can't forget. Like I, you just saw, I just teared yeah. up. Yeah, it's as if it happened yesterday. And
1: what did, like, what was your in that moment?
0: In that, how did you respond? In that moment, I just stayed quiet, and I literally said inside, inside of me, I'm like, I'm gonna show you, just, just wait and watch. Mm. I'm gonna show you because you can say whatever. But I know myself Mm -hmm. and I know that I will not remain underneath the garbage bin. Yeah. 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 So
1: So then what, so I have like 30 different questions, but (laughs) what is the vision for your life? What is, you know, when, when they're saying that you're saying you're you're not going to be successful, what is the image of success in your mind? Like, how do you define success? Because obviously it's not to become a scientist. No. Or maybe, you know, have some really great career in science. I don't know. But what is your, what is the vision for your life that you say, this is what is going to make me successful? It's not, obviously you're not trying to prove yourself successful based on what they Uh, think um, is success.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Not based on money or a job. My vision is to leave a a mark in this world. Mm -hmm. To leave earth knowing that I've left people inspired, motivated to do good. Mm -hmm. That's all I care about. And that's like where I want to head to. I want people to mention my name. Oh, this person is the reason that we're doing this for others. Mm. That's all I care about.
1: Yeah. How, how are you going about to do that? Like, what's your, your big vision is I want to change the world. I want to leave a mark on people. I want to leave a mark. Yeah. How, how are you going about that?
0: Well, I've, I started with my first initiative called Ticket of Happiness, mm-hmm. which is leaving kind, uplifting messages on people's cars. And it was based on RTA, the fines that we get. Yeah. Um, and how did I, you
1: come up with the idea? Like, what was the what was, was the, the, the <laughs> first moment, like, I should do that, and that actually turned into, like, you executing. Yeah, so
0: I was on Kite Beach uh-huh. walking. And uh, I was looking on my right side where the parking lot, and I was seeing the man going from one car to another yeah. and finding people. And I remembered how... Painful that was, especially oh, when man. you're like five minutes late, or you actually forgot to pay. Not, not you haven't done it intentionally. You actually did forget. Yeah. And at some point, I'm like, how can okay, how come? Uh, I mean, we have all those initiatives like for happiness of our, you know, our community, but then there's only one thing that can turn someone's sadness into happiness. So why not instead of leaving a, a fine? on that car, the RTA man could leave a happy ticket instead and say, say, for example, written on it like, um, we know you're busy. We know you might have forgotten. How about next time you just do the payment? Mm-hmm. Something that's, you know, making the person feel like, oh, guilty. Like, oh, you know what? Yeah, he, he's right. You know what? Next time I will take the responsibility and I will pay. Mm. You know what I mean? And while I was saying that, I'm like, why am I going to wait for people to do something yeah. when I can Do that. There was uh, a quote, if you want to see the changes in others, you need to be that change, something around that. Yeah,
1: if you want to change the world, change yourself, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, sort of thing, yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm tired of hearing people, when will the world become better? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? I'm just going to take the initiative, but I didn't. Mm. I had that idea since January, and I only launched it in 1st of May. I was actually very scared.
1: And right now we're in, uh, we're in mid-October. 2017,
0: actually. Yeah. That was May 2017 when I launched it. So now it's been two years. So two years. It's been two years.
1: So you waited four or five months.
0: Four or five months until I launched it. Because I had that fear. Fear that people might not accept it. Might mm-hmm. uh, see a ticket on their car and they will just throw it rather than reading the words that I write that I write on a daily basis. Um, and I, ha- I kept that fear on. And uh, something also happened during my previous job which just left me like... Uh, unease, mm. and so the next day I just said, "You know what? I I'm I'm not gonna let people keep on telling me that I will not be something, or I will not, I'm I'm not happiness, or I cannot be I cannot be this, and I cannot do that." So the next day I just called my husband. I'm like, "You know what? I'm doing it. I'm just gonna go right now. I'm gonna get some papers. I'm gonna start writing. I'm gonna put it. Regardless of the regardless of the reactions of the people, I'm just gonna do it."
1: So, so you just. Got a notepad and just started it writing was, notes yeah, and sticking brown down.
0: paper. And uh, I bought them from Creative Mind. They had a certain uh, t- shape to them. Mm-hmm. And I started writing. And uh, from the front, Ticket of Happiness, from the back, a sort of message. And I would go around and uh, give it out on people's cars. And, it, and I would hide. And you'd hide? <laughs> and I would hide. Would you
1: try to like see their reaction? Um, or?
0: Actually, I would hide so that they don't see who that person was. Because uh-huh. I was scared of, again, the reactions
1: have you had like really bad negative reactions, like people um,
0: mad? Only one person actually so far who told me, how will this make me happy? And I'm like, um, look deep inside of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like actually, if you're asking that question, nothing's going to make you happy. No,
0: exactly. I'm just trying to uplift you. I'm trying to be there, that comfort Did voice. Did they ask
1: you like face-to-face or they like yeah. later find you in de- or no, they no. see you put it? A-
0: uh, face-to-face. One of them was face-to-face. The other ones... Um, have seen me put it, and then I would just drift away, and I would see the smile on their face. And some of them would actually take it and show it to their partner if they're in the car yeah. with them, take a picture and just hang it in the car. And that made me so happy because oh. people can go back to it every single time they're feeling down. yeah, and they need that sort of reminder, yeah, and it's just right there for them
1: what has and and I actually found you through ticket of happiness, yeah, actually you placed an ad on Instagram. I saw the ad. I saw that who you're married to. I'm like, oh, I've been following him for like... You have? Yeah, I've been following him for like probably a year plus. Yeah.
0: No way. So so I was like, (laughs) oh my
1: goodness, this is great. Um, So what has been the the general public's... Like what is the feedback that you've been getting from it,
0: Um, from your project? Well, a lot of positive Mm -hmm. uh, reactions from the community. Uh, Actually, I have a lot of them that are currently writing some tickets for me and putting it out. I even have a collaboration with Kino the car washing app. Yeah. Uh so after every wash you get a ticket of happiness I as saw a surprise. That. It's really yeah that's cool. really cool. Um and uh I am I'm just enjoying it right now. So I focus more on the positive aspects. I know that no I cannot satisfy everybody. Yeah. And that's something like that it's a truth at the end of the day of life you just cannot satisfy everyone. So I work on whoever is interested.
1: Yeah. It seems like Going to the the point of not satisfying everyone, yeah. it seems that in your story, you have, at every turn, you're facing a lot of criticism. You're facing a lot of people uh, saying either whether you can't do it or you're doing it for selfish reasons or.
0: Because I was the glue of the family. I was always there supporting them. Um, and whatever they want. I'm there to please, I'm there to satisfy, I'm there to be the, you know, the messenger between uh, my mom and my dad. For example, they're divorced. So I was literally the messenger mm. in between. I'm sorry. Um no, that's okay. It's a blessing. I know it's a blessing. Um I was uh the backbone the backbone of the family. Mm. And at some point I realized that I'm just giving too much for them and I'm not giving anything to myself. And The fact that my happiness is not my number one priority is something that was dragging me into depression for a very long time. Mm. So I started pulling myself out. And as you know, when you do that, after you've given so much for somebody, they don't accept it easily. Mm -hmm. And so they fight it back with criticism. I mean, I was called selfish and heartless and cold. And all I was doing is just taking care of myself. And at some point I dwelled into that trap. You know, I actually thought that I was selfish. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it, it took me, it, it, I was really depressed at some point. Uh, I actually tried a couple of times to end it. Like, I'll be very honest with you. Um, but, I mean, uh, looking back at it, yeah, it does hurt. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still a work in progress in this because mm. it does affect me until now. Because I still hear it. That's the thing, is that no matter what you've done and no matter what you're trying to achieve in this world, you keep on hearing it. Yeah. So, um,
1: so when you're in that, that place of a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, and depression and hopelessness, um, where you feel like you don't have support.
0: Of course. No, now. How how
1: did you, well, I mean, to maybe you did have support. I don't, I don't know.
0: I mean, now I do. My husband does my support. But before, but when before, you're in that place. Yeah, before I ha- I didn't. I actually had many people against me until they were able to see the truth, until they were also dragged in the same place yeah. and they saw that um, they're unable to be happy and to focus on themselves. And that's where they were able to see the truth and support me at then. But after what? After I suffered a good amount of years.
1: What was those what was those first action, what was those first steps that you took in in your depression, in your pain, in your realization and and coming to of realizing that I am living my life to please other people, to and I'm, I'm actually not taking care of myself. What was some of those those first things that you did to begin to put up boundaries in your life. Um, Can you think back to that time?
0: Well, I cut people out of my life. So there were certain people that were the reason behind most of the problems. And uh, I remember I sent that person a message and I said, you know what, my peace of mind is my number one priority. My love for my mom and my sisters and my dad is also my number one priority. And Honestly, I'm so tired of all those issues that you're creating and I'm I'm done. I'm honestly done and I sent that message, I was the last message towards that person I blocked and mm. I don't speak to to that person unless I see them. Mm. And that's when I just say hi, how are you. But and that's just a, just, just and... exactly just part of my respect and my manners. But more than that, I don't give any more. Did, I don't just give anything. Do they
1: understand it all?
0: No. <laughs> no until until today they're creating a lot of problems until today i mean they're trying i'm not letting them yeah they're trying um the second step i took was i uh blocked myself from everyone so i wasn't really mentally emotionally physically there um i would spend most of the time alone just Mm -hmm. trying to really understand myself again i would take walks at the beach I would, I started doing my vision book, mm-hmm. you know, where you put all the things that you want yeah. in that book. Um, I uh, started uh, having uh, a life coach mm-hmm. that would somehow guide me. Um, and slowly, 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 you would somehow get better and you would find yourself, but it just needs time. It took me two years to find myself. Yeah. yeah.
1: It takes a lot of time. It
0: takes a lot of time. And a lot of work. A lot of work. And Were there
1: times after, after you, Cut this person out, and I'm assuming that you had to, with all those things, you began to learn how to draw boundaries and say no and know what what you needed to say yes to and what you mm-hmm. needed to say no to. Were were there um were there times in your life that you questioned that decision? You thought, like, maybe I should, maybe this isn't what I should be. Maybe I should maybe I'm wrong. Did did those self doubts come oh, up?
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, Definitely, all of those things came back. Uh, Until today, they come back. Like the other uh, past two weeks, someone asked me if, uh, you know, I could uh, make it up to that person. I would just go and apologize and like make it uh, and fix it. Apologize for what? (laughs) And um, they actually made me feel guilty Mm. thinking like it was my fault and I was the reason behind it. And I had a two-day... A breakdown and I at some point I had a talk with a friend who told me you're not Obliged to make someone else happy for your own misery mm-hmm. you've done what you've done because you knew that these these things are needed and Your peace of mind comes first and oh my my peace of mind has been my first and number one priority so I had to go and say no again, mm. but after what after me breaking down thinking that it was my fault thinking that i was selfish thinking that i could be a better person to that to that to mm-hmm. whoever asked for it you know what i mean yeah. and especially within our culture where your parents are your number should be your number one your parents um, requests should be taken um, very importantly and uh, sometimes you reflect back and say but you know i I'm, I haven't done anything bad to my parents, and I speak with them with respect and manners, but there are certain requests that I cannot so, somehow do anymore because they're affecting my own happiness mm-hmm. and I doubt God asked us to put my misery um before my parents uh, happiness yeah I mean no Uh, yes my parents happiness is number one but also my happiness so we need to come up with some sort of like an agreement on how we both can live Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, and so it's been a truck. and the thing is it's not even regarding my parents it's regarding another person that is doing all of this and so at some point I had to tell myself who's that person they're not my mom and they're not my dad. Mm. Neither are they my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. Um, no, I had to say no.
1: Now, I mean, as our my, my wife and I have gone through um, some very similar things to the, what you're describing. And so I'm kind of asking the question out of yeah. that place. Um, did you, because there is that tension, right, that. That not only have you described, but you're actually living out too. where it's you're saying, well, I want to live a selfless life, one where there is some measure of servitude or serving or not putting yourself first, but putting others first. Right. And that's the ticket of happiness. You're you're trying. And even there's that one post where you said, oh, I learned that I need to actually be okay of showing people that I'm doing this. And that not just hiding it. So there is in in your heart, there's this desire. And I think it's a right desire to be, be in the shadows, to do your work in the shadows, to do it not to get your own recognition, but to serve yeah. and to be kind and to love and to uplift and leave, leave an impact on others, even if they never know that it was you that made the impact. And then there's the other tension, the other side of it, where... I know my wife got a lot of, of this criticism, which was, oh, well, what about for us? It was more family, but what about your family? What about, what about me? Like you are trying to be kind to then that person, that person, that person. You're so kind over there. Yeah. I know the real you, you are not that that's a facade. That's a fake. You're just trying to show off. You're just trying to get attention because really You don't want to fix this relationship that you're wrong in.
0: I get that every single day. Literally. Exactly what you just said. I get that every day. And sometimes from my own sisters. Oh yeah, but outside you're this kind to people. Oh, outside you're that positive. But when you come home, you're like this, you're like that. I'm like, because of the situations that sometimes I'm being put at. I'm kind to outside. That does not mean I'm not kind to you guys. Because I'm kind. This is who I am. I cannot just be kind here and unkind there. But... There are certain expectations from family that sometimes, like for example, with me, I cannot keep on saying yes. Mm -hmm. I've already done that for a very long time. And if I keep doing it, my sisters or my family will not become the independent, you know, people that need, they need to be. They need to be independent. They need to make their own choices. They need to learn. They need to do mistakes in order for them to grow. And if I'm just there all the time, what is that going to serve them? Mm. Nothing. Mm. Um, and so this is a perspective example yeah. when it comes to my family. Oh, you're kind outside, but you're not kind here. And you're not giving us uh, you know, uh, your, import, your, your, your everything. And I'm like, but I'm trying to give everyone my everything. Mm. I'm even trying to give myself, but there are times where I don't even have time for myself. So I'm giving yeah. you guys, I'm giving my husband, I'm giving his my husband's family, I'm giving the community. I'm actually doing my master's at the same time. So I'm trying to put everything together to please everyone. And no matter what you do, it's never enough. That's the truth. Yeah. It will never be enough.
1: Yeah. I think it's an important thing that you hit on. It's, it's, it's learning to create healthy boundaries, boundaries in your life. True. And people who don't have boundaries will say, boundaries? What's boundaries? Like, I'm like your fill-in-the-blank, whether it's I'm your co-worker, I'm your boss, I'm your, your spouse, I'm your friend, I'm your mom, I'm your dad, yeah. I'm your sister, I'm your brother, I'm your aunt's nephew's but neighbor.
0: But there's that pressure of family. Oh, yeah. but there's you
1: For sure. Family. The
0: family is, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and so I think that's an important distinction to make of how when you are in an environment where people – where you have allowed – because boundaries are violated – because both parties allow those boundaries to be violated unless, you know, there's extreme circumstances, of course, um, where there's abuse involved. Right. Yeah. Um, but often it's codependent relationships where like you, you were the one that was saying yes for your whole childhood, right. Until you came to yourself and realized, okay, this isn't, this isn't healthy. I need to say no. So part of it, there's that tension. Again, truths are held in tensions. Um, Part of that truth that you're living out with within your family is they're saying, "Well, you're giving out here, here. You're being so kind and generous here, but then you're in a different environment where you are still learning to set those healthy boundaries for them and for others. So you're not enabling. So you're not triangulating. So you're not
0: yeah.
1: And then, but then there's the the other side as well, um, of Yeah, so so I think that's the, the the important distinction that there's those two truths held in tension. One, where okay, it seems like you're acting different in two different situations.
0: But it's just because you've learned to say no over here, and you got used to it, mm-hmm. and you've worked so hard. But then on the other side, you're still that work in progress to say no. You're, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're still developing. Yeah. Those.
0: And yeah, and it's easier. I don't know if it. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but I think it's easier to say no to family than when to strangers. Because strangers expect certain things out of you. Mm -hmm. So I get all those comments sometimes. Yeah, but you're supposed to be all about kindness. Yeah, I'm sorry, but if you disrespect me, how do you expect me to be kind to you? Mm -hmm. So there's those sort of expectations that are put out there because you represent uh, a theme of kindness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm actually still struggling over there. So I get like criticism or certain sort of comments on my Instagram account and I'm just like I'm sorry but I have to reply back even if it seems a bit rude I just have to stand up and not accept such sort of comments at me and then I, at some point I would reflect back on it and be like yeah but I'm supposed to be representing kindness I don't think I'm allowed to do that mm. what if people think of me in this way I, I was struggling yeah. at some point I realized no when people take advantage of you there is a difference between kindness and allowing people to step on you
1: so, th- so that goes to my, my question and I don't have a, it's not like I have an answer for the question, but it goes back to how truths are held in tension. So there's one truth, which is, um, which is let your good works be seen by men so that people will praising like glorify God. And so that they will go and do the same, right? So they'll role model after you. And yeah. then there's the other truth, which is don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Do it in secret, act in secret so that God who is in secret will see and reward you and yeah. that you're not getting the praise of man because then you've got your reward. Everyone says, mashallah. Well, there that's your reward. There it's done. <laughs> and so so there's that, there's that tension that we've kind of touched on a little bit. And then there's the other tension of so for me personally, I I find myself in a similar way. Okay. I need to give to strangers. But oftentimes I can find that I'm so busy trying to make that impact and give to strangers that I can be short or grumpy with my kids or not being as giving towards my boys. And so there, I feel like for me personally, I could, and sometimes do draw these, these excuses of why I'm not or why I'm grumpy. And so how do you, when really it's like, well, actually, no, I'm just wrong. Like, well, actually, I, I'm, I have more to grow as an individual where even though I'm being taken advantage of, even though I'm, maybe my boundaries are being violated, how can I still maintain who I am as an individual maintaining boundaries, but still living in a selfless way? Those are things that I think about. I don't. Know, I don't know if you have an answer. Or if I'm, I'm, you think no. or deal with this as well, <laughs> I deal
0: with this all the time, but I honestly don't have a don't have an answer. I feel like the only answer that we can oh, we can get is reflection and self awareness, mm-hmm. and just working on that specific moment, just working on ourselves. So yes, there are times where I'm outside, I'm giving and diff, not different, but somehow uh, kinder. And then I would go home and suddenly. it would come out on my husband.
1: Right. 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 I
0: mean, that's like, I mean, it's very human, I would say. But I, and I don't understand why sometimes. I feel like, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And there are times where I go like, yeah, but it's not his fault, Zainab. Like, maybe you're looking at all the stress that you've been going through, but it's not his fault. I mean.
1: Yeah, you're just, you're just lashing out.
0: Yeah, I'm just, or maybe it's because it's our comfort He's our comfort, like my husband's my comfort. And so I would want him to hear me out and I want him to know about everything. And there are times where it just like lashes at him. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but is, so I I agree with you. It's like, okay, well, that's like, because you feel comfortable there. Yeah. But then if, wouldn't you then, wouldn't it be relaxed? Like, wouldn't it be opposite? Yeah. Like, this is my most important relationship. I should be treating it opposite when really it's the kind of those walls have fallen down and the,
0: I feel like because your partner knows so much about who you are,
1: mm.
0: right? So he knows if at that moment you've done something, you've said something or you've laughed or you were angry or, you know, you were grumpy or whatever. He knows that it's just temporary. It's just a second and she'll be back to herself. I mean, at least I hope my husband thinks that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so.
0: But yeah, that's, I hope so. Yeah. Um So I think that's because he knows you and he, I mean, he loves me and everything. But on the other hand, strangers, do we, do they really know anything about me? They can judge me within that one second. Mm. So I have to show them and, and, and not show them. I have to be patient with whatever I'm with, with with whatever that is going on with me and just be myself in front of them. And if I have anything else that's bothering me or something that can go back home.
1: Mm.
0: That's why I usually tell you, don't bring your problems to work. So you're different at work, right? yeah you are different at work yeah. rather than when you're at home. It's because again, home is your comfort. your home is 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 whoever you want to be and, and there's no judgments. The person that you've married loves you, accepts you, and knows that maybe you're going through something and you're just gonna overcome it and you get back to yourself. So I feel like that's the comfort mm.
1: so yeah i I agree I think that is that is the comfort um
0: it's but, so uh, difficult. There are no excuses. I'm so, not saying there yeah, are excuses. Yeah. There there aren't any sort of excuses. To I'm be glad asked. that
1: you said that. Yeah. I wasn't actually going to go there with with that, but you're right. There's no excuses. Yeah. I think we need to, like, because so many people do then roll into those excuses yeah. of saying, "Well," when really it's like actually, that is a, there's the word the word sincere. The original meaning of the word sincere comes from this, I believe, an ancient Greek word. And in pottery, they would if there, the pot would have a crack, yeah. they would take wax and they'd fill the pot with wax so that you can put cold water in and the water wouldn't sleep out. But the way that you would see if a pot was sincere would be you'd hold that pot up to the light and you turn it to in in the light to see if there is any areas where you could see the light coming through yeah. of that wax. And if it was there's a crack in the pot and therefore the pot wasn't sincere because under pressure, under any heat, that pot would break and crack explode. and spill. Yeah. And so I think when, when those things are happening in our lives, in my life, I then look at that and say, I have not developed into a sincere person because there are still cracks in my foundations yeah. and that is, an, that is an issue. And if I don't deal with those cracks in my foundations, especially in our marriages, um, sooner or later, the foundation will break.
0: Sure. Which is why self-awareness and reflections are very important. And again, you're a work in progress, but I'm hoping that we fix ourselves before this can go on to our own children. And we build a generation with all those cracks and scars and all of that. So
1: how you, how do you go about fixing yourself? How do you go about not passing that down from generation to generation to generation?
0: Oh, I wish I had an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so far, I'm just uh, talking to myself. Everything, everything, Every single time that things happen, um, I reflect on it. I speak with my husband. I tell him, I'm sorry. Uh, I understand this happened uh, mm-hmm. because of this or uh, because of that. Um, and I try my best not to let it out. I try not to keep it for too long. I feel like when we keep it for too long, it just like explodes. Mm-hmm. And the first person that's in front of yeah. you, just it just goes right to him. Yeah, which is, you
1: need to take keep short whoa. accounts, as we say, short accounts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but so far, I'm just trying to work on it. So I've, I take each day on its own and I just focus on that and I work mm. on it. So if I've done something today, for example, I would reflect back on it and try the next time. Um, uh, I I wouldn't do that. For example, I used to get really frustrated when uh, my food comes late. I'll mm. be very honest with you. And actually, once said it even on Instagram. Um, and until I had to learn what these guys go through, that I had to reflect back on it. Mm. And I sat down with myself and I said, This is not acceptable, Zainab. They're trying their best. It takes a lot of time. They go through on a daily basis. They go through the heat, the humidity, the danger of just driving. A motorbike Um, in the city? Oh my God. Yes. So dangerous. Um, And on top of that, you're just mad because of 15 minutes being late or 20 minutes. And I, I used to be that perfectionist. Like they said it's going to arrive in 50 minutes. It's 51 minutes right now. Where's the food? Like I used to be that. Um, and now that I order, I just let it be. I don't even look at the time anymore. I just let it be because I know the most important thing is the man got to my house safely. And that's Mm -hmm. what I care about. And it's made me realize like right now I have so much awareness when I'm driving on the roads and I see them. And there are times where I don't even like to drive behind them anymore or like have them in front of me because I just fear them. I fear something might happen to them, whether it's from my side or someone else's side. So, um... We're always a work in progress. So whenever you see something that you did not like about yourself, just sit down with yourself and hope the next time that does not happen. It just becomes a sort of habit mm. embedded within you. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um do you think that we have the power and ability within ourselves, outside of God's help, yeah. to change ourselves? I believe so. Outside of the divine.
0: I believe so. Is I feel like we need we need to be put in, in someone else's shoes. And that's how we change ourselves. So I had to put myself in the shoes of those delivery guides in order for me to understand what they go through. I had to stand outside. So I, st- for example, when I give my card to the valet, I don't stand outside, inside, I actually stay outside. And I do that because I want to know how it feels like for these men to be standing outside for so such a long practicing time. So you're empathy. Exactly. I want to understand so that next time I don't complain Mm -hmm. i know how difficult it is i know that these men are rushing to get the car yeah um and they come back and they don't even have a break to breathe Mm. it's one car after the other one person after the other so you we need to put ourselves in their shoes Mm. in in order for us to re understand their struggles in order for us to change yeah that's the only way
1: yeah i think that's that's for sure how we grow in in empathy that's how we grow in empathy to understand um where other people are coming from to understand their perspectives, to, to walk in their shoes, to grow in, to, in empathy and yeah. kindness and yeah. understanding perspective.
0: And, and with that, we change. We become different people because our perceptions have changed mm-hmm. and we've grown. Yeah.
1: yeah. You seem like with, within everything that you've gone through with dealing with depression for two years and criticism and hardship and yeah. um, a lot of emotional pain, um, still is. <laughs> still is. Still um, is. It seems like you have decided to take responsibility for your life rather than pointing the finger and blaming someone else for yeah. your problems.
0: I, yeah. And I find that that's the difficult part. It's because I'm taking responsibility. Um, At some point I was blaming my parents for their divorce, mm. really blaming them. Like at some point I wasn't even talking to my mom. Like my mom and I's relationship was terrible. Mm. Um, but I had to take responsibility and to stop blaming it. It is for what it is. It mm. happened. I can't change anything. And yeah. I'm actually very happy that it happened because if it wasn't for them and it wasn't for the pain and the fights and the arguments, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm. I wouldn't understand what family is. I mean, my my ultimate goal in this world is to be a mother. My ultimate goal is to have a stable family with kids because I didn't get it, Right. And if it wasn't for the fact that, um, if it was for the fact that my parents got divorced, I wouldn't know what the meaning of family mm-hmm. is. I would be taking it for granted. Right now, I'm not taking it for granted because I've been through it and I know what it means. And yeah. what it feels like not to have it. Um, so I stopped blaming it, blaming them, and just took responsibility. And I'm like, okay, so if I can't get it, if I wasn't able to get it back then, I'm still able to do it right now mm-hmm. and just work on myself to achieve that sort of goal. Um, so yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the, the theme that I keep hearing, uh, throughout this whole thing is those two things, those how truths are held in tension. Um, and it seems to be something that inside of you, you're wrestling through on, on a daily basis of how do I, how do I have healthy boundaries and loving cause healthy boundaries are yeah. loving in the midst of pressure. And then how do I be kind to other people and be generous and to, to make an impact on the world? Even though sometimes people are like, well, that's hypocrisy.
0: Yeah. They, they might think of it in that aspect
1: with the same as you're, sometimes you're giving in secret and sometimes you're giving in public and you're getting praise because you're trying to raise awareness and let other people, aren't you being, aren't you being hypocritical? And then, uh, the, the tension of, of, uh, even what you just described with well taking responsibility while also realizing that sometimes it's none of it's not a responsibility, right? The things that happen to us we're we're not responsible for, but we're responsible to them.
0: Yeah, right. So that's true.
1: You're not responsible for the the pain and the trauma within your family, but you do have a responsibility to that. You st- you have a responsibility. To your mother and to your father and yeah, to your family, and so I think that's a really important um, for us to understand as we go through through life and we grow older of the fact that it's all held in tension, and if we're going to walk that out, we have to we have to know when to do which what? one <laughs> and what is the, the intention the intention of is our done. hearts
0: the intention is the most important thing. And I usually get criticism on the fact that I show what I do, right? Mm -hmm. And they always tell me about the Hadith of our Prophet. And I'm like, I understand the Prophet's words. I understand what he meant to keep things between you and your God. But at the end of the day, it's all about intention. So I'm not going to lie to God. He knows it already. If I'm doing it to show off or if I'm doing it to really put a smile on someone's face, I cannot lie to God. And if you want to take it in any sort of perception, that's you looking at it in that perspective. It's not me who's actually doing that. So from that point of view, I just started showing not everything, but the most important things that we can create as a habit in our daily Mm -hmm. lives is because we're so busy. We're so, so, so busy. We have no time to stop and think about others Yes, we're thinking about families, our kids, our, you know, uh, our nanny's visa, our passport, Uh, if you have a pet, we're thinking Mm -hmm. about that pet, but we're not really thinking about what others are going through and how a simple juice or water can make a huge difference to that guy working outside. I mean, and we do really need that reminder and I would be blessed to see people reminding um one another of such acts yeah. and when i see someone else doing something good for someone i actually get happy and i go like oh you know what i should try that next time i really want to yeah i really want yeah, really to see how it's going to be and and we're trying to inspire each other we we really need these reminders with such a busy life we do
1: yes we do we do need those reminders we do need to live that, a disciplined focused life and in yeah. in order to do that we have to be reminded of like okay this is this is really how i ought to live this is a role model that I can follow this is a vision that I can step into and
0: and I'm I'm talking about some stuff that are so simple it doesn't cost much and there are times where I talk about like random acts of kindness where it doesn't even cost anything Mm -hmm. like a smile like I never begin my conversation with hi how without saying hi how are you it's Mm. like a must that I say hi how are you when the delivery guy with the delivery man come to my house I tell them At the end, thank you, drive safely.
1: Mm.
0: I made it a habit. And this is a part of you being kind to that person because you're actually telling him, I care about your safety, so please drive safely. Mm -hmm. Those little things, if we embed them within our lives, can make a huge difference to yourself and to somebody else. Mm. And that to yourself, first of all, you feel like you have that sense of purpose, which I feel like all of us are are looking looking for for. And so, one all common, are, yeah, exactly. And that's what
1: I talk about mostly here. Exactly. On this podcast. And it's purpose. our
0: one common, we all have that one common purpose, which is feeling the sense of um, belonging and the sense of uh, uh, someone else ca- counting on you. Like you actually matter. Mm. That someone else th- knows that without you, he wouldn't be who he is or where he is or how he's feeling. That sense of purpose. Yeah. It's very important. It's our humanity, it's a foundation of our humanity.
1: How have you found? How do you? Okay, here. Do you feel that purpose is something that was built in you, that was born in you from, like something that you un- uncover within you, or is it something that you have to go and create a purpose? I,
0: it could be both. I don't know. But in my persp- in my in my case, for example, it was something that I had to uncover because I was trying to be and do everything. Mm. Interior design never worked out for me in terms of a job. However, it's my passion and I do it separately. Um, and then I was into photography at some point. That did not happen, did not continue. Uh, so you had
1: taste and try a lot of different things yeah. to find out wh- where your passions lie. <laughs> exactly, lied.
0: exactly. Uh, I was always into uh, sports. Now I just do it as a, something personal for myself. I always wanted to be that fitness instructor. That never happened. Yeah. Um, It was all about going from one place to another, trying to find yourself. And at some point, I had that fight within me that, you know, like to do humanitarian stuff. I always had that. Mm -hmm. But because of that aspect of you shouldn't show what you do for others, that kept me away from it. And at some point, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm here. This is my purpose. I need to inspire. I need to motivate. I'm just going to show it to people right now. Yeah. And and that's when I started talking about it um, and showing it because I felt like that's my purpose. If when when you find something and and you you're having that struggle and that fight, know that's the one that yeah, is yours.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's true when you're it's when you find that that struggle and fight, that thing that you have to fight to step yes. into that you're fearful of. Yeah. I always say that, you know, it's the the dogs of doom, the dogs of fear that guard the door to destiny. And that it's where we have the greatest amount of fear and struggle and resistance in our life, that's yeah. actually a signal that we should probably walk in that direction yeah. and go through those doors and overcome those fears. Yeah. Because that's where greatness lies exactly. on the other side of those doors. Yeah. So, um, Zaina, where can people find you online?
0: Um, well, through my personal account and on Instagram. Do I need to mention my name and full name well, right now? I mean you can. <laughs> it'll be it'll be in the show um, notes. Okay, uh, well, Zainab. Zainab Sawalhi, sorry, Zainab Sawalhi. That's so without
1: much. the Elf Lam.
0: yeah, without the al. Yes, yeah, I'm just translating right now for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, yeah, um, and on picture happiness, which is my official um movement, okay, yeah,
1: great. One last final question, sure, and it's gonna kind of be a doozy, okay? Oh, okay, are you ready for this? No,
0: uh, not really, go ahead, okay, <laughs>
1: so. I believe that if we, if we are giving something to someone that costs us nothing, are we really giving to them? If it's not costing us, if it's not like, is it just vanity? If we're just giving something like to the guys, the guys who are out in the sun, okay, we're giving them a glass of water. Yep, that's good. They need a glass of water. You're actually giving something and those little things do count. But to, to what point do you feel, because you do this a lot and yeah. I know you've thought about this a lot. At what point is it like, yeah, that's that's great to tell people that you can just give them a smile and a smile will help someone. I think it does. I think it giving someone kindness, a smile, being generous with your emotions and your time, being generous with your words. So many of us, yeah. especially in our marriage, we withhold our generous words that our words aren't seasoned with grace or kindness or strength or empowering that we so often withhold love rather than give love. So I know that's important. But I think like, I feel like there comes a point where if we're giving something that's costing us nothing, are we really giving something or are we actually taking and trying to build this image of ourselves? And to what point do we actually have to say, okay, that's like it's great that we're giving of our time and we're giving of our words and our notes. But at what point do we say, actually, yeah, that, that person that knocked on my door that needs help, I'm gonna I'm gonna give something greater. I'm gonna give something that actually costs me something.
0: Oh wow, that's deep. That's it. Um I know
1: you've thought about I know you've thought about this.
0: No, I, I believe that no act of kindness, no matter how small or big, is ever wasted. And I think every act that you do towards others and towards yourself matters. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I had my thoughts and they just like. Sht. I know that. Yeah. Um, okay. A lot. All of us, and I uh, talk. W- I, I talk about humanity in general. Yeah. we All want to feel appreciated and respected.
1: But isn't that that cuts out the alternate, Because it's going back to altruism, right? It does. So cuz so giving a smile so it's altruistic like i'm giving I'm not getting anything in return but really are you and you've said even the more that we give you are the more getting, that we get that's yeah, what yeah but saying. you are
0: getting something in return
1: so exactly and so at one point do we do we say okay i'm going to this person's my enemy this person hates me and i hate them i'm going to give to them of something that's sacrificial in myself that's painful to give because I, I actually want to give something deeper of myself. Like, at what point do we say, "Okay, it's going to be painful to give this away"? Where it's actually, we're actually not going to ever reap benefits.
0: For okay, for
1: without uh, without them for, falling into for, like unhealthy for, boundaries. Yeah, for those
0: type of people, I would say that like the the people that you have sort of um, uh, boundaries or limitations. Uh, not necessarily hate. Hate is such a strong word, but I feel I, I, I think I know where...
1: Let's well, so someone you hate. Someone that uh, hates you.
0: Someone that hates me. Um, so my mom always taught me that no matter how much you're getting hate from somebody, always be the better person. So mm-hmm. always keep your respect and your manners within you. And that's the only thing I can give them. So, for example, the person that I have the limitations uh, towards... If I see that person, I will still greet them. yeah, I will still say, "Hi, how are you?" Whether a smile is there or not, hi, how are you is mm-hmm. my top sort of respect and manners yeah. that I need to give, regardless yeah. and yes, I may not be getting anything back, but I've kept my i've I've stayed true to who I am mm-hmm. to what I believe in in a way. Mm-hmm. so I don't say, um but i've yeah, no, I think I think. There's, it's very difficult because not every single person can do that. And it's very difficult because you feel like you've given something out of you to that person that you hate and you know that they don't deserve it. I understand that. But there are times where you where you need to be true to yourself and know that this is something within you. Your manners and your respect is something within you and you've worked so hard for it. That person's not going to really cost much if you just said it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you've just used that simple respect and manners sort of communication yeah yeah that it's not easy there are times i'll be like mom i don't wanna i don't wanna say hi i mean she doesn't even that person doesn't even deserve my hi." but then my mom would tell me how can we
1: go how can we how can we go past is my this is my question this is something i think about Mm. it's asking myself how can i go past the the baseline of what's expected right so the baseline is like i'm going to be polite the baseline is, I'm going to give someone a glass of water. The baseline is, I'm going to give a smile. How, and maybe it's, maybe it's not, a, I mean, most questions, there's a, a great book by Ralki which says that if we had like that answers, we had to treat answers as they're in a locked room. And we have to just keep on asking that question to live out the question to find the answer. Because if we just had the answer, then, you know, it wouldn't actually do anything. It wouldn't Life transform Life is not us. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this isn't a question. Maybe this is just a question to, to think about um, for all those who are listening and for you and for myself, because this is something that I don't have an answer for, uh, yeah. but I try to live out is how can I not just give a smile, not just write a note, not just be cordial or just polite to someone who's really hurt me, someone that's really pained me. And I have people in my life that I've been really hurt and really pained by. And I think, okay, how can I actually bless that person? How can I to the, how can I give something to someone that can never pay me back, but out of a place of um, generosity
0: at some, I, I think I heard something from someone before where they said that um, until you have reached a healing process within you mm. um, is when you reach a point where no matter how much you give to that person that has damaged you it won't really affect you in any sort of way because you've sure. you've reached a point where you have a, to be healed first you have to be fully healed you have to healed. get healed first yeah yeah, yeah, and then they, uh, yeah, exactly. You have to be healed. You have to. Be you healed. have to be healed, and so it's not an one, easy process. Be, get healing. Get healing. <laughs>
1: See a professional therapist. Get healing. Get healed, and uh, you know, healing it comes through forgiveness. Yeah, you know, and, uh, unforgiveness is toxin in our hearts and in our lives, and uh, forgiveness is one of the hardest things to do, but it's unforgiveness holding grudges holding bitterness in our hearts it's drinking poison expecting the other person to die and so um forgiveness is has been uh the path that my wife and i have had to walk out um in our relationships and so for those of you who are listening on the other side (laughs) forgiveness is it's the path to unlock the
0: ultimate key to living oh yeah there you go, man. There it is. <laughs>
1: Zainab, thank you so much. This this was a, a really emotional conversation.
0: Yeah, man. No one has ever taken that much information out of me. <laughs> well, good.
1: I'm so glad. It was a pleasure to have you here.
0: No, it was a pleasure to be here.
1: And um, I hope everyone listening, go follow her. Go, go check her out. But more importantly, go leave kindness. Go get her tickets to kindness, go put them on cars, go and be willing to let your good works shine in front of other people like Zainab yeah. is letting her kindness and generosity and wisdom shine before other people. Are you sure
0: well. I have the wisdom though?
1: I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about boundaries. <laughs> we talked like like yeah. it takes to in it order takes... for you to overcome two years yeah. of depression, to overcome and say, okay, I need to set boundaries to actually take action. There's so many, you know this, Zana, Yeah. so many people who never take action, action in their lives who And are I don't victims. blame them, though. And, I, yeah. and not once have you said anything that has hinted at you feeling like you are a victim of circumstance in your life. But you mm. were said, it was my responsibility in rising above that place of being a victim or blaming someone else. And I feel that your your voice in, I feel like as, because you're in your early 20s, is that right? How Mid old are you? Mid-25. Mid-20s? I'm 25. I, I feel like in your 30s, in your later 30s, that, and I know you have a platform right now. I know you have a voice right now, but I see in your later 30s, you being given this platform and voice, even around like the age of 36, 37, 38 to be able to speak into and mentor girls' lives who have come from a similar place from you, who's struggling with depression, who's struggling with hardship. And you I see you teaching and empowering these girls to get free from these mindsets, from this pain, yes. and releasing girls who are 14, 15, 16, 19, into living purpose-filled, intentional lives where they're free from bitterness, free from pain, free from where they're healed. And I just see that that in in those years, you're going to actually begin to step into a place that you never expected to be able to walk in your life. And I am excited uh, to wait a decade let me see. to see that. No, I believe <laughs> well, I it. Hope,
0: I hope so. I hope so. I, I do see myself as someone that can actually um, not in, just empower, but also allow people to see themselves who they are yeah. and to stand up. If something is causing you pain, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I say it because I've been there. It's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, yes, we have obligations. Yes, we have demands and, you know, family comes first in everything. But once that causes the pain, the the deep pain within you mm. that takes you and drains you down, it's not worth it. Yeah. That's when you need to say, you know what, I'm done. And yes, you're going to hear so much criticism, so, so much, much so much hate, so much, uh, you're this and you're that and you're selfish and you're cold. And I, until today, I hear it I, until today. And I don't know when that will stop, but I have to continue because I believe in this. I believe that my happiness yeah. comes first, my peace of mind. In order for me to give back to yeah. people, in order for me to it's give true. back to my mom and my dad and my sisters, I have to put yeah. my happiness and peace of mind first. so that I can give that to them.
1: Yeah. It's it's like what the golden rule that says, um, love others as you love yourself. As you
0: love yourself. Right.
1: So we have to, if we don't, if we have self-hatred, if we are filled with self-hatred, self-pity, victim, like we're not able to help others. We we have to get healed first because broken people break people and healed people heal people. And so we have to move, like you're saying, we have to move into that place of healing and wholeness. So that and and actually love ourselves, knowing that we are loved, knowing that the foundation of our identity is that we are loved, period. First and foremost, and from that know your worth. Yep. Know your worth. And from that we can then actually begin to give to others.
0: Yeah. And everything will become a reflection of who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so this much. Is so interesting. Thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you. I know for we having could probably talk for another I'm I trying know. To be respectful of your time a little bit more. So Thank you so much for being here on the show Own the Future. And uh, we'll see you next time. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. Honestly, for being here. it's
0: such an amazing opportunity.
1: I love it. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Own the Future with Zainab El I hope that you took a lot from this. If you know someone who's struggling with depression, struggling with trying to find a purpose, or just have no boundaries in their life and they're looking, to make some changes, send this episode on to them as it will encourage them to make the hard choices, the hard decisions to begin their journey to healing and wholeness. And please, if you're struggling, reach out to me, reach out to my wife or find a professional trained therapist who can help you walk through some of these really difficult seasons and times in your life. Finally, I don't know if you know this, but this is episode 105 of Own the Future. Please go back, and if you've enjoyed this episode, go back and listen to some of the other episodes of Own the Future and the solo segment, Weaver and Loom, where we talk about how to weave your destiny, how to own your story, own your future, and create a better world for you and your children and for future generations. That's all for today. I'm Lucas Scrobot. And remember, if you own your story, you can own the future.